unbelievable to the right hand. Puts Herb down. He's going to jump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Lazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Liebold, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. Warrior. All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome. Episode number 27. Hockey to hell and back. Brady Liebold coming at you guys live from Gravenhurst, right in the heart of Muskoka. I love this area. Very grateful, as always. Uh, thank you if you're watching live, if you're listening after. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate all the support, uh, all the comments and messages that constantly come in. Um, my thumbs, I made a joke the other day, world's strongest thumbs from all the messages I answer. But listen, I, I always have time for everybody um, that needs to talk. Honestly, maybe not right, right away, um, but I do my best to get back to everybody. I know how important it is when we're struggling, when we need to talk. And, you know, when that time comes, when we find that strength, it's really nice to have somebody to lean on. And if I can be that somebody for anyone, 
feel free reach out to me and if i'm not getting back to you don't worry you're never bugging me just keep messaging me i'll give you my email brady at puck support.com that's the best way to get a hold of me um but all of your guys' support i mean I, I honestly i wouldn't be sitting here today I, I really wouldn't i don't know what i would be doing but i'll tell you what i was doing um Maybe I won't. Maybe we won't go there. But you guys know my story, and uh, I battled from hell and back uh, without question. I'm currently at Puck Support Headquarters. Got the new Puck Addiction shirt on, and it's the very first one that features Merrick Fatos, former NHLer, sadly passed away of an overdose. And, uh, I mean, he's not the only one. There's a list of them, guys, from suicide the overdose that's what puck support is all about remembering all those individuals we've lost on a daily basis this is what gets me out of bed in the morning because i should i should be on that picture and i often think if i wasn't doing this if we weren't doing this would people be remembering me if i passed away with the life i was living and uh, i think it's really important that we remember those individuals and that we can somehow bring change educate the next generation the current generation to make sure that that never happens and sadly i know it's going to continue to happen but if we can put a a big dent in that then you know what i think we're doing our job we have a long ways to go if you want to get involved you can check out pucksupport.com if you want to check out any of the merchandise i don't like wearing my hat forward you guys know that but we got hats and hoodies and t-shirts bunch of orders came in today including curtis gabriel's mom which was really cool uh he was on the show last night and if you haven't seen that episode make sure you go back and check that one out because this guy current san jose shark and a huge huge inspiration i'll just leave it at that couple things i need to address uh before we get into the episode before we get to team issued as always um just want to talk about Corey o'connor for a second uh, Corey O'Connor is currently going through the battle of his life. He has a, a serious bone marrow disease, and we did receive some good news. Corey and the family received some really good news that they found him a match. So that's step one. Now we all need to rally around Corey and the family, make sure that they know we have their back, and... We're probably going to set up a GoFundMe for the family here shortly uh, through Will McIntyre and myself and Puck Support. Charlene, his wife, um, incredible lady standing by his side there with the three children, Sage, Alexis, and Oliver. I just want to let you guys all know that we're with you all the way. He goes to the hospital March 7th um, for four months. It's a long process. But we're going to be with you every step of the way, Corey, just to let you know anything you need. If we can do it, we're going to help you, man. We got your back. We love you. So stay tuned for details on that. couple more things. This book is up for auction right now. All proceeds going to Puck Support, donated by Danny Probert and the Probert family. Signed, I've shown this before, by Bob Probert and Joey Kosher pretty cool it's available on the puck support uh group page not the business page so um if you need more details reach out to us and i'll make sure that you uh get the proper link i think it's 
sitting somewhere like 125 bucks right now, which is really cool. Also, Doug Gilmore gave me a bunch of cool stuff. We're going to give away a mask later. He also gave me a jersey. And listen, I really want to keep it, but I know that we can raise some serious money and we're going to auction off the signed Doug Gilmore Toronto Maple Leafs jersey as well. Compliments of Doug Gilmore and Team 93 Marketing. So that'll be happening in the near future. So stay tuned for that. But quickly, a message from our sponsors. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leobold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Teamissued.ca, promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Thank you, Regan Bartell. What a great guy he is. I meant he's so good at his job. Obviously, you can see him. He won. He wins all sorts of awards, but he should win an award for being an outstanding human being because he's amazing. Um, maybe I'll share a story later at the end of the podcast. If you can notice, I'm fighting my new teeth. I'm really trying to learn how to talk with them, but stick with me, guys. Um, it's a challenge. But we're gonna get right into the episode. You watch a show, you know how this goes. We'll see you in a few minutes. When you think of a hockey player, what do you think of? Maybe you think of a guy that looks like me with missing teeth, a couple of black eyes, maybe athletic looking. Just like anything, there's judgments imposed against all of us. A certain stigma. But I can tell you, being a former major junior and professional hockey player, there's a lot more than just those things. From my experience, and I've shared it lots, I never wanted anyone to know what was really going on with me, and certainly never my teammates or the hockey community. I always portrayed to be this guy that was tougher than I really was, and that maybe I had it all together. But as we all know, that came crashing down in a serious manner. And unfortunately, I'm not the only one. In fact, I'm one of the lucky ones. One of the ones that is still here, able to speak about my challenges through mental health and addiction and my life in hockey. Over the past few years, the world has kind of woken up to things like mental illness, awareness of mental health issues, and even on some scale, addiction. But let's all be honest for a minute. Are we really where we need to be with all of this? If you're watching or listening to this, ask yourself right now, how comfortable are you sharing issues that are going on with you? Or even with members of your family or those who are close to you? Do you feel comfortable reaching out for help? Do you know where to turn to when you need support? And do you have those supports in place? Let's circle back to hockey for a minute. Hockey is arguably one of the most macho sports out there. There's no denying you have to be physically tough to play the game at an elite level. I believe we are so focused on the physical component of hockey that we're all missing what may be even more important. In fact, I believe it is more important. 
the mental side of the game and the mental health of those individuals who are playing this beautiful sport. Near the end of January, I was sent an article from the local Sudbury newspaper. It was featured in the Sudbury Star and written by Ben Leeson. And the title was Rain Reaches Out. Former Sudbury Wolves captain launches video series focused on mental health. So with zero hesitation and a lot of excitement, I read the article. And after reading it, I needed to contact Kevin Rain, former Sudbury Wolves captain. I wasn't able to connect with him instantaneously, so I had to do some research. Kevin Rain, born May 28th, 1993, in the small town of Dryden, Ontario, which is arguably in the middle of nowhere, which has a very small population and, quite frankly, is almost in Manitoba. Though Kevin Rain grew up in a tiny little town, he was able to catch the eyes of the scouts being drafted by the historic London Knights in the 2010 OHL Priority Selection Draft. Rainer played midget hockey in Kenora, Ontario before moving on to the GOJHL, which led him to a career with the London Knights. He broke into the OHL full-time during the 2011-2012 season, suiting up for the Knights for 49 games, appearing in 13 playoff games en route to an OHL championship. Alongside the likes of current NHLers, Vancouver Canuck captain Bo Horvat, Max Domi, Andreas Antonisiu, and Vladislav Nemestikov, among many other talented players. Not too bad for a first year in the OHL. The following season, Rain was traded to the Sudbury Wolves, and the following year he was named the Wolves captain. I've been told by a couple of guys that Rainer's one of the best shutdown defensemen they ever played with. Though he never got drafted, he was invited to the LA Kings camp, in which he earned a contract with their AHL affiliate, the Manchester Monarchs. And this is where he continued his championship ways, bringing home a Calder Cup as an American League champion. Rainer spent four seasons in the American League and a little bit of time in the East Coast League before moving overseas to Belfast. For the last three seasons, he suited up for the Belfast Giants and even earned the MVP honors on the team this past season. After about a week of trying to hunt Kevin Rain down, we were finally able to connect and we spent a good 45 minutes on the phone. It didn't take long for me to realize why the Sudbury Wolves had named him captain, why he wears a letter in Belfast, and why every single person I talked to him had nothing but great things to say about him. To be honest, that conversation felt like I was talking to somebody I knew for a very long time. We talked a little bit about hockey, a lot about mental health and mental illness, and in typical hockey player fashion, it was, hey, you played with this guy? Oh, and that guy? Reminiscing about how we actually had mutual friends, though we had never met before ourselves. I love what Kevin Rain has done with his video series. He's interviewed mental health professionals, which I think is super important and something I believe I need to do more of. I think giving people a perspective and an idea of what to expect when talking to a mental health professional, if they've never taken that path, can have an extremely profound effect. I mean, I always like to know what I'm getting into before I do something. But then again, that wasn't always the case. Him and I talked about a lot of things, depression, anxiety, the stigmas surrounding mental health and hockey players, and trying to come up with a solution of how we can fix things, or at least how we can make things better, certainly for the next generation. And that's what I want the topic of conversation to be about today. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about hockey and some hockey stories, because after all, Kevin Rain's really just waiting for hockey season to fire up so he can go back and play for the Belfast Giants. And like I told him, 
play as long as you can. As long as it's fun and we're taking care of ourselves and those around us, I see no reason why as a hockey player, you shouldn't chase your dreams as long as you possibly can. I'm really excited for this episode because as much as this podcast is about hockey, it's about helping people. And when others can see somebody like Kevin Rain come out and talk about their struggles, it has the power to change the world. So without further ado, let's bring them in all the way from Dryden, Ontario. I wonder if the internet service is even going to be very good, but we'll do it anyways. Welcome, my new friend, former Sudbury Wolves captain, Kevin Rain. And I wonder, oh. I wonder Rainer. Man, what an intro. Appreciate that a lot. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Not a whole lot, man. Not a whole lot. Just uh, really excited to be here. And, uh, you know, I got to sit in and watch uh, last night's episode and and uh, got me really excited and anxious for uh, for tonight. And so um, glad to be here. Uh, we've been live for 17, 28. I feel like I've been sitting on the bench waiting for my first shift the whole time. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. It takes a while for me to get into things. I'm trying to dial that back. But you know what? It, it, like, honestly, like Curtis said last night, he, he made a good point because he's like, you know what? Like, I was able to set the context so we could spend more time, you know, actually talking about important things than, than having to, you know, scramble through all the, the minute details of hockey. And don't get me wrong. We're going to talk about your hockey career. But, um, you know, people at least get a, a a good a good understanding of, of where we're at and where we're heading with the with the intro or the uh, interview so um, I, I tend to agree with you man I'm excited um, to I've been anxious to get you on too and, and before I let you take it away uh, you know thank you for uh, stepping out of your comfort zone and you know sharing your story and helping those um, you know come through their own issues because like you know, we're, we're all hockey, like hockey players that, that are probably watching this or some part of form of hockey family. But, you know, when we remove the, the sport of hockey, we're all just humans. Yeah, man, it's so important to start to, to have these discussions and have them, you know, with uh, with a diverse group of people. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be you and I as hockey players having these discussions. We can have them with, you know, of course, if you've followed what I've been up to, I, I got people on there who I've just met. And now this is another one of those, you and I. I've yeah. got my mom on there. I've got yeah. uh, close friends, ex-teammates, professionals in the field, and and uh, you know just trying to to spread the conversation as far and wide as possible uh, to just kind of uh, you know I guess share uh, a bit about uh, myself and how I feel about the topic and and uh, you know try to find uh, maybe not necessarily solutions. They're really really big issues, but I think that in speaking about it, we can inspire others to to kind of take the first steps in in their own process of uh, health and wellness yeah and and i mean i think you nailed it right on the head with that and and i know i i you know i've listened to uh, quite a few of your videos and i find that you know especially uh when we do focus on, and i agree with you i mean getting the conversation outside of hockey is really important as well but i, I know for a fact that when i was a kid you know like i identified with professional hockey players and, and the guys i wanted to be with so you know, having, you know, guys like yourself and Curtis and, and my, even me like come out and we, and there's many others too. I still don't think enough, but there's a lot coming out and talking about it. I really think it has a, a, a capacity to really make a difference with this younger generation. Of course. I mean, we're, we're trying to pass the torch, so to speak, right? Like I had hockey players come do school visits at my elementary school 
and these same messages that my parents were telling me, my teachers were telling me, everybody that was trying to raise me was telling me. Uh, next thing you know, these punk kids, 17, 18 years old, come into the gym. They're like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, so nutrition. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, 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 yeah. Anything they could have said was like going to totally hit me on the chin. And I was going to hear that and apply it. Right. And so, um, you know, I remember those visits. I remember how much they impacted me. And I remember um how influential those before me were on me and so if i can have any hand in trying to be even a little bit of that well then awesome right yeah well i mean here is you from what i know of you the the short conversation we've had well it wasn't that short but i mean we haven't talked in great detail um other than the one night uh you know but you know talking to other guys that know you and i mean you you seem to be a natural born leader and you come from a really small town, and we did talk about that before. Um, talk about how, how life is like up there, uh, you know, because you've obviously lived in many other places. It's, does that pose more challenges, you think, when it comes to, to, you know, mental illnesses or mental health challenges as far as maybe resources? Or um, do you think it's um, is it a positive thing or negative thing, or is it kind of a little bit of both? Yeah, I think we can sit here and weigh pros and cons, like – all night but i think you know i guess looking at the benefit of growing up in a small town you know we're we're the neighborhood kids on bikes we're all, all playing the same sports we're all playing the same this right imagining my friend groups growing up and um nobody's too far away right and everybody knows everybody and you know seven thousand people there's a, a benefit to, to knowing who's who's who um you know i could only imagine growing up in a, in a big city toronto area and you know nobody knows anybody meanwhile you know, my parents are friends with my buddy's parents because they grew up together. And yeah. there's, that, there's a different element of, uh, of uh, you know, I don't want to say intimacy, but like everyone knows each other. We're all like closer knit. And I think that that, that makes for maybe a, a better, better upbringing, really. Yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of where we are regionally for, say, hockey exposure, uh, you know, a lot of good hockey players in this area, just none of which exposed to opportunities to go uh, play beyond. And so I lucked out. It was a, it was a timing thing. It was, uh, it was uh, just kind of, I don't want to call it a fluke. I worked hard, but um, looking at who I grew up playing with and, uh, you know, just our lack of exposure, I think that, that there's a lot, of, a lot of talent up here. And that's proven through like Chris Pronger, Richards, uh, you know, and the list kind of goes on. You get into Thunder Bay even further east and like, man, Thunder Bay is littered with, with amazing hockey players. And those are the guys that we grew up playing against when we were younger. So uh, it's just kind of a bit of a pocket halfway between uh, Winnipeg and Thunder Bay. It's, is it WHL? Is it Ontario? Because we yeah. are technically so far away from Toronto, we're not truly Ontario. And, you know, we're Brandon Manitoba is the closest team, but you know, my first OHL game was the first OHL anything I'd ever saw, right? And so it's just we're we're very removed up here, but it's got its benefits. It's got its its uh, pros and cons, like I said. That's crazy, man! You never even seen an OHL game before. Step like you know what I mean? No. Yeah, and I guess it makes sense. But mm. you know, I think you know being being able to make it. I mean, especially back then, like you're you're a couple years younger than me, but I mean, things have really changed even in the last 10 years as far as scouting um, by video and different things. Guys, YouTube is bigger now. Um, is there one guy that maybe gave that really, you know, helped you out get to that next level to major junior? Or was there like an, a tournament? Like, how did that all come about? Well, so I played my major midget year in Kenora and then I 
uh, our playoff season ended early. And so that allowed me to, to affiliate with my hometown junior A team. And they were a good team. And I get to be a 16 year old amongst a team of, you know, tier two junior, you got 10, 20 year olds on a tier two junior team. And I get to come in and, uh, you know, play something like 11 playoff games. And next thing you know, I'm drafted in the 94 draft as a 93. And so I technically missed my boat, but I was able to catch the next one. And, uh, you know, if I didn't catch that, I don't know what happens, but went into a cool situation down in Southern Ontario, down in London, where, um, you know, I knew going in that if I wasn't making the team, I was still going to be billeted out by the Knights and I was going to play junior B. And so days that I wasn't uh, playing junior B, I was at practice with the Knights. And if I got a few games, cool. If not, then get on the line and start skating. <laughs> Man. Yeah. And how was that? Before we get into, you know, your pro career and, and what you're doing now, how, you know, the things you've gone through, but like when, so when you move, you know, to go play in the O, like how was your headspace, man? Like, how did you handle that being away from home? Um, all that kind of stuff. Was it an easy transition or was it tough for you? Yeah, man, it was, it was tough. I moved away two years previously to Kenora an hour and a half away to go play AAA. That was easy. You get to see the folks every weekend and you kind of get that spark of like, uh, you know, that first move away and you, you don't know what it's going to be like. You're kind of nervous, but then you find new friends and you got a team there. And so um, while it was kind of scary, you're also encouraged that like, oh, it's not so bad. But then moving as far as London uh, to go play, um, you know, for the likes of the Knights, that's a big jump from AAA and Kenora where you get to see your folks to, you know, going to that level that quick and that far away. And so that was definitely where I'd probably cite a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of change in say my, my mental being, cause, uh, it was a lot of challenges and, and yeah, it was, uh, it was tough. It was tough. No doubt. Missed home a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah that's kind of where it would have started, I guess. That's, that's where the pressure form really comes into play. That's where all these new, new things, I mean, you're, you're 16, 17, 18, a lot of change happening during that time. And, uh, and, you know, my, my time in London was tough. It was, it was not easy. It's, you want to play. And, you know, I was, I was a big fish, small pond, so to speak at home. And then now I get to go to, to London where I'm in and out of the lineup or down and, you know, getting yelled at in video and it's just brand new, right? Totally, totally new. Yeah. And when you're not, when you're not prepared for that, you know, and I'm not sure how, how we do a better job moving forward with the next generation to prepare for that. If they, if these kids are going into junior, but, I know for myself, you know, coming to Swift Current um, when I'm 16 years old with, you know, like guys like Ian White, who, you know, just played at the World Junior played in the NHL for a long time. And actually, is you know, he's another guy that's really struggling right now. And, I've, and he's been open about it, but he's really struggling. Guy that had like 700 games in the NHL. Um, but, you know, just being around those guys and like I always just felt like I never fit in. Like I didn't belong there. Um, you know, I wasn't drafted to the Western League because I quit the under 60 or 15 year and all that stuff and whatever. Um, but I just always felt that I didn't belong. And so like whenever I went to the rink, you know, I was so scared to miss a pass in practice. And if I screwed up, I had so much anxiety and I just wanted to I didn't even want to go most days. And then as soon as it was done, like I just wanted to get out of there because I felt like I just didn't belong. Did you have any feelings like that? Yeah, man, it was like, so I was like a two year rookie, like I played junior B, but like I said, I'd be at practice with the Knights if I wasn't at, at junior B practice or game or whatever. And uh, so I'm in like a schmelt room, right? Like I'm not getting dressed with the team. And yeah. so I'm away from the team and then I'm getting like bagged a little extra and I'm getting harped on maybe a little more and, and uh, you know, 
they turn they turn players into pros in London. I don't know how they do it, but they they like mold guys into pros. And so I believe that everything that you know happened from a coaching perspective served a purpose. Definitely old school, but you know uh, just kind of how it is, how it was, or or whatever. Um, but yeah, you're, you're an 18 year old rookie, and you're you're not getting the you don't have the clout, you don't have the draft status. You're the junior B guy, and so you you're kind of a bit of an outsider, and then. You know, as it was, I was uh, uh, kind of billeted far away from where everyone else lived. And so anybody that had to pick me up, it was just like an inconvenience to come and get me. So anybody that has to come and get me is like pissed that they have to do it. And I'm in a long distance relationship with a girl back home. And so I'm like FaceTiming instead of hanging out with the boys. And so yeah. I didn't do a good job of like getting in with the team. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of different factors keeping me away from, you know, having like, these connections that you probably need to have, like to have, know now me as a person I need. And uh, yeah, it's just a, a tough time. Growing yeah. Up. And I'm glad you brought that up, man, because I don't, I haven't talked about it a lot. Like I actually, when I was 17, I, well, when I was 16, I made the Broncos, but decided not to stay because of my girlfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. And when mm -hmm. I'm 17, I took a leave of absence, like three, two and a half, three months into the season, went home because of my girlfriend and yeah. I was having a mental breakdown, like telling my dad, like, if, if I don't come home right now, straight up, I'm going to kill. Like I was like eating, like I didn't, I was so young back then. And you know, now, you know, it'd, it'd be a little more extreme, but still like my mentality was like, I literally told my dad, like I was on the thing I'm eating a whole bottle of like aspirin. Like, cause I thought, I mean, that would have just made my stomach sick probably but like that was my i was so mentally ill that i didn't even want to play hockey i didn't want to be at the rink and it was all to do with you know this girl and i mean it's not her fault it was my fault because of the issues that i had going on and i wouldn't tell anybody about them and everything else and uh you know and then the final then in my 18 year old year i ended up i got the rookie of the year still 17 18 year old year seven games in see you later i packed my truck up same thing for a girl for that girl and you know I, I see a lot, a lot of guys that I played with in junior where they had, you know, situations with girlfriends and, and you make a great point, like missing connections. And um, I remember too, we were in, uh, we were in Everett and uh, in, in Seattle and, and the entire team went to a Seahawks game, Seattle Seahawks game where Dean Chanel coached in Seattle before he was now with the Carolina Hurricanes and and knew, he got us a box, like the team, a box. They were went to the dressing room, met the team, everything. I was the only guy on the team that didn't go because my girlfriend was down there because it's two hours from home. And I stayed at the hotel with my girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like yeah. things like that. And then all of a sudden, you don't think the team's going to look at a guy differently for that. You're completely wrong. And and rightfully so, you know. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, what about the transition to... I wanted to talk about the championship a little bit, but we can circle that back a, a little bit. I want to know about the transition to Sudbury. Like now you're a little bit older. Um, you obviously take over the captaincy in your second year. So do you think a lot changed for you? Did you do anything personally to develop more into, you know, say a pro um, or did you, you, you know, take that London Knights mentality to the Sudbury Wolves and it was maybe a little different? Well, so um, my time in London, I, I made it to Sudbury via trade. Uh, yeah. I was traded at deadline in my 19 year old year. And, uh, you know, prior to that, I, I was having a really tough time in London. I was doing my first rounds of therapy in London or whatever. I guess I shouldn't say first, my first rounds of therapy would have been as a, as a child, but, uh, you know, I was seeing a therapist and I had my therapist convinced that like, you know, that I should be quitting hockey and that it wasn't for me and stuff like that. And, 
but so I was, you know, call it, uh, call it close to packing it in really struggling. And then next thing you know, they're like, Hey, like we're trading you. Uh, Cause they were making a push, they were making a run. And so they traded me for Justin Sefton who I grew up playing against. And, uh, Anybody that knows Justin Sefton at a young age was was very highly regarded. Big kid, strong shot. Um, but so to get traded for him, it was kind of interesting because we uh, we grew up playing against each other, and he always had that that cloud about him. Um, but so we get traded. He's meant to go to London. I go to Sudbury, and we kind of just switch spots. Um, and so I I went into a role where I'm playing every night. Uh, my confidence is growing. I go into a situation where. I'm not getting harped on. I, I get to like, you know, enjoy playing and, and find my game. I never really truly got to find my game in London, but um, I uh, I got traded. And uh, I guess a little story within this story. I was kind of wrapped up in a, in a bit of a court case. I was a witness to something. Uh, a friend of mine called a friend of mine called me late night and uh, somebody had followed her home from the bar, something along these lines, details aside. Uh, and so she called me, I show up, but now next thing, you know, I got to make a statement and whatever else. And then they track the guy down. And so I got the hunters on the phone with Sudbury. They say, Rainer, like you're traded, you know, we think it's a good move for you. I'm like, Hey, thank you. Uh, Mark Hunter says, well, anything else? And I'm like, so I, I got this thing next week. Like I got to show up in court. It's like, what explain it. So what I did is I flew to Sudbury and then, uh, ended up, uh, you know, telling them what was going on. I ended up being able to come back to London. And so I left a lot of my stuff in London, go back, go to Sudbury for a week, come back to London, pick up my stuff, do the court case thing. Um, but there was a situation I was attacked by my buddy's dog because I let myself into his house a little late, texted him outside. Hey man, like I'm leaving, leaving for real this time. I want to see you first. And I, he's like, yeah, I'm downstairs. So I let myself into his house and his dog, Frank, uh, cut me open for like eight stitches on my hand, another 12 in the back of my head. Traumatic experience. What? So then, but then, so I, uh, I ended up spending a night in the ER and then I had to show up to the court all wrapped up in bandages. And then I had to drive my car full of stuff to Sudbury and I show up and, you know, so I lack of sleep. I show up, I make an awful, awful first impression in Sudbury, get pulled aside, uh, like two practices in. And coach says, I don't care if you got shit faced or shit kicked in London, you get your shit together. We traded so that you could play. Man, like I swear, like it's like that dog ate your homework type scenario, right? I'm like, yeah. man, I swear I got attacked by a dog. But so the transition to Sudbury was a bumpy one just for that experience. But after, you know, stitches come out, free focus, get back at it. It was it was the best thing that could have happened for me in terms of my hockey career. Well, yeah, and I want to circle back a little bit. So when you're working with a therapist um, down in London, is that provided by the team or is that something you were doing on your own? That was something that uh, just discussion with my billet and uh, between her and I and her suggestion and she set it up. And, you know, of course, there's communication between her and my parents and myself. Yeah. And then it's, uh, you know, call it a big secret, right? Okay. I'm, I'm going to get help and, and uh you know, kind of talking through some stuff, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, thank God for billets. Um, because mm -hmm. I mean, they, it's a thankless job and, and I don't know how much, you know, but I'm actually being billeted right now with my current situation. Susan actually just brought me another glass of tea. Thank you, Susan. You're upstairs. <laughs> um, but she's the billet coordinator for the local team here. And, uh, usually she has three kids living in her house, but obviously hockey shut down. So it, you know, she, she actually just brought me in because I was living further away from my family, but it's, you know, 
she does she's done a lot of amazing things for her players as well and you know i had some amazing billets um so thinking about that time kev like you know how much would you have been comfortable with the team knowing that you were going through that on a player side and then on the coach's side like no way right no chance no chance but large in part because i didn't have anybody on the team that i you know felt like i was even friends with let alone you know i didn't even feel part of the team never mind that i had any like bros on the team so to speak right like i didn't have anybody to like you know just share that with and so you know even like in my say my current state my my life right now like i'm not just gonna just go to anybody and say hey man like i got all this stuff going on i'm willing to talk about it but i'm not gonna bump elbows with somebody who's like yeah, i don't even know you man Right. Like uh, that's, you know, that's just not how I'm going to seek help. Um, and so yeah, for me to express that to coaches, well, that kind of risks me gaining a legit spot in the lineup and to express that to my teammates, it's kind of like, why are you telling me? And I imagine, or we imagine that when yeah. we're, when we're yeah. faced with how we're going to tackle that issue. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, I, I handled it how I think I, the best I could and, yeah. and it turned out and, you know, I didn't quit hockey, and so that means it worked. And I was, you know, I, I made it, and so that's what made it all worth it. And I get to talk about it now, and and uh, you know, the battle continues, right? And so there's yeah. ups and downs all over the place. That was just a real low during that time, and the trade to Sudbury, like, you know, I, I now I'm in with uh, roommates who are awesome. Now I'm playing every night, and I'm trusted in a role, and I'm an older guy, right? I land in Sudbury as a 19, 20 year old instead of a a younger kid, a rookie. And so, um, yeah, it was just the best thing, the best thing could happen. Yeah. And, and I mean, you get there, it's kind of interesting, right? Because you go from, you know, essentially somebody that feels like they're not part of the team, uh, going through these, uh, lulls and you even show up and have a bad first impression. Then you find yourself wearing the, the captaincy the next year. So, I mean, that must have felt pretty good. Like that's a really trusted role to be able to be like a captain on a major junior team, um, is is a huge deal, is a huge deal. So is that something that you kind of fell into? Did you know or have any, you know, hopes of being the captain? Like, how did that How did that take place? I mean, I play my 20-year-old year, so I'm automatically, you know, one of three overagers who, you know, might be looked to for leadership. And, you know, I didn't really, uh, you kind of hope it's a, it's a cool thing to have. But, you know, at the end of the day, like if I, if I have a letter on my jersey or not, I'm still diving in front of shots. I'm still making the first pass, and I'm sending out the one-two pairing out to go score if I get it out of my end. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, did my job. Get out here. You know, I just I have my job. I have my role. I take pride in what I do, and you know, in in uh, the stuff we're doing as well as say the game. Like I'm there to encourage my teammates to be their best, and and uh, it rubs off, and people see it, and you know, if you go about it genuinely, then there's nothing to see through, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's a great point. I just, I mean, I, I played my OA year. I never wore a letter, not once. And and honestly it was because they had them all picked, but our captain got hurt and they used to say, Oh, oh you're our captain, but they never gave me no letter. But I, I'm just, I didn't need a letter to be, to, to be a certain way. And, you know, it's interesting because I think about it and like, I, I had a lot, went a lot through a lot of the same things. Um, you know, uh, I, went and uh, saw a therapist when I was in Swift Kern and they actually brought in sports psychologists, which was not enough. I mean, they bring them in for, you know, three, four days and then, you know, okay, well, after that's over, well, then where do we go type deal? And I understand there's a, there's a money thing behind it, but you know, like 
all of a sudden I go to Kelowna and, you know, fall into a little bit different role. And, you know, my entire being of wellness changes where I'm, you know, I felt so good about going to the rink and, and obviously it translates into the ice, onto the ice. Um, but then I find myself as soon as that season's over um, and I don't have that camaraderie during the summer and everything else, um, you know, and it, a lot of it falls on me. I never kept up, you know, cause I didn't know how to, um, and didn't feel comfortable sharing, didn't have those supports in place. So was there stuff that you did in the off season, um, after this, you know, after your seasons to keep up on your, your mental health or, or when did that really start to come into play for you? Well, my summers were my chance to get to go home and get to go see my, my like lifelong friends or go, you know. I, I made really, really great friendships in my junior B days. And so during my time in London, while not being totally connected to the team, I still had my junior B buddies who, of course, in that scenario, they're all from, you know, St. Thomas area and whatever in London. And um, but so the summers were just kind of like uh, like that finish line kind of vibe, like nice. It's over. Here we go. Going home. See you later. Uh just kind of a lot of excitement around the summertime and getting back into training, which I've always enjoyed. And, and, uh, and so I, I can't say that there was anything I did intentionally to uh, practice, so to speak in, in my summer times during at least that time of my life. Yeah. And okay. So my, and you know, I'm seeing a couple comments come in, but I have, a, I had the same kind of feeling as Ryan Phillips. He's saying that, uh, and we'll get to question and comments later, but I just, just, I just saw this. So mm-hmm. Ryan Phillips is a good friend of mine, former Kelowna rocket as well. Uh, WHL alumni. Um, he said that every team needs a mental health program period. And, you know, I tend to agree with that. Like, you know, I, 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 I'm wondering big time right now. And, and I'm just wondering what your thoughts on this are, Kev, with these, guys that are coming back to play junior right now and they're living in a bubble. I saw the red deer rebels are going to live in their rink. I don't know if you saw that, but in their yeah. suites around the rink, like I know they're all excited to play hockey um, and they're probably thinking it's cool right now, but I'm wondering, you know, what supports are in place for their mental health and you know, how much are they being, you know, looked after on, on, you know, that side of the game, because we know that so much is focused on, on the performance side. Um, and, I feel like this sort of this sort of support gets overlooked and there's not enough of it. What what's your thoughts on that? I mean, it's just how much better I play, so to speak, when I'm feeling good is, you know, I could be as physically fit, I could practice as long as, you know, I can sharpen my skills, I can whatever, but if I'm in the dumps and I'm boozing and I'm, you know, a a, a wreck, so to speak, well then like I can't play. Right. And now, fortunately for, you know, say myself, like that's we and the hockey players have it where it's like it's our escape. Right. It's where we get to go. And like that's where we we channel a lot of negative energy and we get to go fight if we feel like it. And, you know, myself, I get to go crush a guy or, you know, like. And so, you know, I think that that, uh, you know, teams have to, you know, something has to come into play where there's more support or at least more dialogue. Right. And so I think. I think if not, you know, into the point of the comment, uh, every team needs a program. It's like, okay, well, maybe, but maybe they just need a coach that has a pulse and is more willing to be like, hey, man, like, let's go for a walk. Let's go for lunch. Let's go. That's what I think of that. Like, let's go, like, hey, what, you know, just set some time aside 
to be like, Hey man, like I'm not your coach right now. Like I, uh, and then, you know, maybe I imagine myself in that role. I was like, Hey man, listen, like I see a lot of myself in you. Right. And then if you watch the Derek Mathers episode, uh, you know, I go through like a list of coaches who I have to thank for those instances where they were like, Hey, uh, what's going on? Uh, how are you? <laughs> yeah. Not good, man. I'm not good. Right. And so, you know, I, and, and, and that went a long way at the time, each time, every time, you know what I mean? And so, uh, just, and I don't know what, what that takes for coaches to, to be more encouraged to do. I don't know if that's a GM saying, Hey man, like, you know, have those conversations or, you know, sometimes you got to get away from whatever coach you're trying to be, you know, you got to step outside that if you are the hard ass, like, you know, Hey, maybe like, don't be the hard ass, uh, you know, that half hour after practice when you get to say, Hey, can I talk to you for a second? You know, I, I don't know. I just, I just imagine, uh, you know, of course there's the extreme of like, all right, Every team, we've got this program, follow it. We got this guy coming in, he's gonna tell us all about it. Or, you know, have a talk, you know, just internally. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just be like, look, guys, like, you know, again, imagining me in the coach's role, like, you know, I struggled during my my time playing. Sometimes it was relationship issues, sometimes it was on ice performance, sometimes it was unrelated. Like, you know, something kind of rocks your boat and you need to kind of settle it all down. And so it's kind of like, you, you need anything from me, you let me know. And then hopefully there's the trust there and you say it too. It's like, look, you know, like if you come to me with a personal issue, you're, you're not sacrificing your spot in the lineup of my team. What you're doing is showing me your character and, you know, and, and if you can be better after our talk, then fucking talk to me. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and so it's, it's a communication thing. It's, it's, uh, it's, but it's, it's that coach being like step one and then step two from the player. Right. And so if, if the player sitting there and that talk hasn't been had and that hasn't been expressed and that concern hasn't been like shown from the get go, right. All it takes is a coach to be like, Hey guys, look, I'm here for this. I want to see you do well on the ice. If there's anything going on off the ice, Hey, I'm right here. I you think, and, that- if, and if it's not the coach, then, Hey, this person's right here. All right. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, try to figure out why we should go to them and then they get to have the floor or whatever. Yeah. And and I I believe you're right, man. Having that, having somebody have that conversation with um, and not having to worry about it affect your, you know, your, your playing time or whatever. And because at the end of the day, the way that I see it is like, if we can get to these issues, I mean, you're going to perform better on the ice. You're going to perform uh, as a better person in the communities. Um, you're going to be a better, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend or brother or sister, whatever it is. Um, if you're functioning better and you feel that, you know, you're being heard um, and that your issues are being addressed, or at least they're able to be addressed. And, you know, I, maybe there's some room for, for a program to come in place um, where we can teach life skills and different things. But at the end of the day, um, you're right, man. It is. It's, it's going to be about dialogue and communication and having that trust. Um, did you notice a difference in coaches, um, you know, from junior to pro? Like, did you notice that they were any different in your experience? Well, I mean, as you turn into a pro, you're a man right? You've gone from boy to a man and your coach is a man. And so you get to look at guy man to man, right? You get to, you know, it's not like, uh, you're being groomed, like you're a pro and you're there for a reason and you have skills to, to sharpen. Yes, absolutely. Except it's, it's just a little different at that point. Right. Um, and so I've been fortunate enough along my way to be able to, 
have had conversations with my coaches at the pro level, uh, which, you know, I guess looking back on were a little too late, you know, cause I tried to go about it on my own and hide it and, you know, keep it from them until finally they were like, we can tell man, like, you know what I mean? And maybe not in that tone, but you know, I've had met multiple meetings and at the pro level where like, Hey, I noticed, uh, you know, and most recently in Belfast last season, um, uh, Kiefer, he just goes, Hey Rainer, what's going on? <laughs> I can't remember exactly what he said, but whatever it was, it just, I melted. I'm on the ice. I'm like, he says, go to my office, just go, go. And so I get to go to his office and I'm, you know, ugly crying and worked up over issues that, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter right now. But, but he set that time aside when he saw his player struggling to be like, Hey, he thought it was going to be an on ice chat. And then next thing you know, I had to evacuate to his office. But so, I mean, I, I go to his office, we spend 15 minutes in there and, you know, and I wish it's a conversation we would have had sooner. And, you know, that was in year three of three years of him coaching me. I wish it happened in year one so that, you know, I can, I, I had that trust in him for that entire time there and didn't have to gain it so late. Um, and that's, that is no fault, right? I mean, he's a new coach. I'm, you know, learning as well. Right. And so I learned the hard way that I, I should have spoke sooner. And so very I'm, thankful to be yeah, for really, a very day. Man, I'm really glad you shared that story. I think it's really important. And um, I think I know from my experience, like I was really intimidated by my coaches all the time, um, regardless of where I played, because, you know, I felt like they always had control and power. And, um, you know, now talking to them, now that I'm not playing, I realized that I could have had these conversations with them while I was playing and somehow finding a way um, to bridge that gap. Like you said, sooner, um, at least you were able to have the conversation and you're still planning on playing. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, but you know, being able to, because then they're not, you know, at least they have a, an idea of what's going on with you. So, you know, because we're people first and then we're hockey players. I mean, regardless if you're being paid and it's your job, you got to perform. I understand that. But, you know, it goes back to being able to perform at your best. You have to be at your best. And, you know, from my, and I'm not saying every coach is going to be like, like Kiefer, as you said, or the coaches that I had um, now that I see it. Um, but somehow finding a way um, to let the players know that, you know, having that conversation is okay. Um, you know, I think, you know, you sharing that story is, is huge. And, um, you know, if anyone's listening, like parents, coaches, uh, and especially players, you know, being open, um, on both sides, it can sometimes, you know, save a life because we've seen where guys are, you know, self-medicating to the point where they're overdosing, um, and they're feeling alone. Um, is it, was it a feeling like, you know, in that day, and again, we don't need to get into the issues, but, you know. How much do you think it's, you know, your has your mental health um, gotten better since, you know, your time, say, um, in, you know, your first year pro till till now, you're six, seven years in your pro, like, or where are you at in comparison? And what are the things that you do that help you? Well, so, you know, of course, I think it's been call it 18 months since I seeked help. And the way I did that was was just came about in a very kind of organic way. You know, I talked about how, um, 
as a kid and, and there's a school visit happening and the, the ice dogs are coming to the gym and they're telling me all these things that I've already heard before, but for whatever reason, them saying it made it hit me. Um, you know, I, uh, I was in the middle of, uh, launching uh, a thing called personal best hockey, which is meant to be a grassroots ice hockey program in Belfast because they love hockey, but they don't play it. And so I had this big idea that, I wanted to grow the game of hockey in Belfast and I was uh, hanging out with uh, with a buddy of mine uh, who I'll, rena- uh, he'll, I'll not name him because I haven't said that I was going to discuss this. I don't know if he wants to be mentioned or what, but yeah. I'll, I'll respect that and, and uh, hopefully he watches this. But, you know, I was working very closely with, with this friend of mine on this project and uh, he spoke very, very openly about his struggles and uh, his uh, the way he manages them and just the nonchalant way that he'd sprinkle it into conversation and talk about it like it was normal and and not and just own it and and not be worried about me judging and and i wasn't but i'm just like man like that is so easy for him and like i'm at a place where i'm just like i think i just gotta like accept that like i've been miserable for like years up and down right and i've not actively made any attempts at trying to figure out why you know what i mean or getting to the root of a problem or talking it through or you know and so what does that look like i'm uh you know fighting with my parents i'm angry i'm resentful i'm uh, resistant to help i'm you know all these things and so finally i'm just kind of like i'm done with this man i like i gotta like try to like tackle this and so well then what does that see and that sees me going to him and in, in a very emotional conversation being like, man, like, like, who do you talk to? Right. And I'm just like, like, give me the contact. Like I trust you. And so I trust whoever you're speaking to. And so, well, who's that person to me now today? It's my therapist. Right. Wow. And so, and so just a simple, uh, just the, the simple way he spoke about his issues and how there are problems, but like, yeah, you know, like I work through it and sometimes like, oh, uh, but yeah, that, I'm just like, all right, like I, I want to adopt that mindset, that attitude and see where I can get with this thing. And, and it's been, I guess that 18 month journey has been, you know, uh, up and down and it's a constant effort. Uh, but going to speak to her made things way better than being able to go into the same conversations with the likes of my mom and, uh, be open to her suggestion or, being able to admit my faults, uh, you know, it's we're, we're on a team now rather than me versus mom or me versus anybody trying to help me, right? And so teamwork, support, all those themes, right? Like you just kind of accept it, let it happen, and then take the proper steps. And, and so as of right now, I'm in a really, really good place, um, enjoying what I'm doing and uh, really trying to uh, – you know, set boundaries and, and set routines and, you know, do what's best for me. And, um, you know, of course, these videos that I've been doing have been because of my my new perspective on these issues that I want to see if I can help shape the perspective of others. Right. And so back to the question, feel way better now than I did 18 months ago. <laughs> and and it's because of my efforts to feel better well yeah and i commend you for that because it's not easy man like having to get 
you know, uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to, you know, for me, uh, honestly, a big part of what I did, um, I mean, it's not, I mean, it did a lot, it did a lot of things, but being able to look myself in the mirror and, and honestly, and tell myself that I love myself and that I'm proud of myself and actually look myself in the eyes and, and, and like realize that, you know, at the end of the day, all I really have is myself. I mean, I have friends, I have family. Um, but when I, when I, when I'm alone, when you're alone, you can't get away from yourself. And, right. and so that was a really hard thing for me. Um, and I think it's for a lot of people. And that's why I self-medicated so much and why I was always running from myself. And mm-hmm. uh, it goes back to, I like what you said about, you know, you know, being accountable and, and see owning your faults um, because we're going to make mistakes and we're going to fall down. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know about you, but you know, I used to blame everybody for my problems. Were you, were you one of those people or, or were you just hard on yourself? Hard on myself. Everything was turned internally. Any, like, you know, I was like my own bully, so to speak, and am sometimes, and I'm very hard on myself. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you watch my story. Like today I've been like a wreck today. I had an awful day. Um, just super anxious, any attempt at curbing that anxiety, nothing. Like I've been on the cold showers that didn't work. Wasn't able to get out of my head, even though I was in freezing cold water. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, reading, uh, I, I got, I, I ended up doing a bunch of writing here. Like, and so all my attempts to like curb that didn't work. And so, you know, thinking about where I'm at right now versus say where I've spent a lot of time, uh, you know, I was with myself on it today rather than against myself, right? I wasn't, I wasn't like harping on myself. The, the self-talk was still positive. It was just kind of like, so like, what are you going to try next? Like, what do you, you know, and that's a, that's a self-dialogue, right? What are we going to do? What are we going to do rather than like, fuck are you doing, right? And, and turning that violent, angry voice, that like villain to like, you know, that friend, right? That internal voice turned like, a good voice for you rather than against you. Yeah, man, that's an amazing, amazing transition. Uh, and I think it's, it's one that, that a lot of people can, uh, can understand because I mean, if we're hard on ourselves and especially in, in what we do or anybody that, uh, puts pressure on themselves to perform or, or is feeling shame or is, is any of these things, whether it be in sport or in life, um, if you've got it hard already and shit's hard, like, you know, shit is hard. If you've got it hard already, but you're making it harder. Oh man. Like what a recipe, you know what I mean? And so, um, can't remember what the question was, but no, I was just more or less. I just want, I wanted you to talk about that a little bit about that. I was hoping it was going to bring you into that. Um, you know, I think, you know, man, I love it. I, I love that. That's something that I haven't really, I haven't really been able to, internalize it and and think of it that way and you make such a great point about the you know i i I often think about self-talk but i never really stop to think um and anybody watching listening like we i think we can all do this stop and think and and really understand how we're talking to ourselves and how we're treating Mm -hmm. ourselves i think that goes a long ways is that is that something that you're really conscious of, or is this something that's kind of progressed over this 18 months? Um, or is this something that you're thinking about all the time? Because I, I mean, it's sort of like I had an epiphany there. It was- <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it takes a lot of effort, man. It, uh, you know, you, you talk about say like, 
our diets and what we consume or well, what are we looking at? What are we associating with? Who are we hanging out with? You know, uh, you know, our consumption is a lot more than just the food we eat. And so if it's all negative, well, then you got a lot of negative, like energy kind of built up and you're, you got resentment and everywhere you look, you're kind of like, Fuck, you know, yeah. but then, you know, if you create some boundaries and be like, you know what, I don't need to see that. I don't need to watch that. Or somebody's telling you something. I don't, I don't, no, I don't need to hear that. Right. And if you can like kind of quiet some noise, well, then you can become a little clearer and then you combine that with your own efforts and, you know, say what I'm doing and, and, you know, I've learned a lot in my job that I'm doing right now. I'm working at the school yeah. and I do, it's called uh, yeah. behavior, behavioral analysis. And it's, it's kind of, it's a practice that tracks behavior. Right. And so we'll then after a, a set amount of time of, of, good behavior, the the kid I work with is rewarded, right? And so like, I'm talking to my therapist and I'm like, I'm like ABAing myself. Like I like do like fuck all, but I'm like, yeah, earned it. But that's a great feeling. And it's something we can yeah. all like adopt and do. And so like, you know, my morning routine that I've kind of like taken on, uh, you know, it's not much, but it's like cold shower, uh, coffee, stretch, these things. Where if I don't have that in place, well, then I'm getting up and I'm like, you know, I got I got a pot of coffee on, but I got my toothbrush in my face and I'm halfway between like four different things. And I've all, I'm already like overwhelmed and in, yeah. all in here. Right. But so, you know, and if I get through my morning, which I do and have consistently for call it a month or, or so plus, uh, uh, what a great start. Yeah. Check that off. Check that off. Check that off. But so it's like, all right, well, what is success over the next hour or today or over a set period of time? And if you, you know, if brushing your teeth is on your list of to do's and you're able to check that off, it's like, I just made a, a very normal thing into something that I've like, I'm taking pride in. The little things matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're damn and right. So, and so when you, when you can start rewarding yourself for the little things and not harping on yourself for, you know, the little things or the big things or, you know, because, you know, say like a bad day and, and, and even if I have a bad day now, it's like, well, what, what would have made that a good day? You know, well, if I did this, this and this, it's like, okay, well, now that you know that that's what made, would have made your day good. Like, why don't you practice that? Why don't you like manifest that in your day to day? You know? is, that, is that, is there certain things that you reflect back on in a day or the <laughs> That, like you journal like or like uh, what what's your what's your way of uh bringing yourself back to that like do you have uh techniques or i mean you just kind of have to you know observe without judgment right okay what did i just do what just happened what could i have done different you know am i am i here and now or am i thinking about things beyond my control yes. right and so so for example you know if i'm you know, I'm in a school setting, right? And, uh, and I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, everything I've done in my career is, is all performance based. And so now I'm in charge of these kids that I'm supervising or working with or whatever, but like, they're not cooperating. Well, like, is that my fault or have I brought the best I could to this? Yeah. Well, okay. You know, at the beginning of this job, super frustrated, you know, listening, like it's, it's all wrong. This is wrong. This is, you know, and able to kind of project my perfectionism on everything around me. 
And it's like, well, what, what else would you have done? Well, nothing. I, I brought it. Well, hey, man, like, you know, it's like uh, you got to be met halfway. Like you, you try to ask something of of somebody and they don't pull their weight, rather, whether it's in this scenario or another one. Like, hey, man, like I was there. I showed up. I did what I could, you know. And so if you can, again, look at what you've done rather than what you aren't doing and be able to commend yourself for that effort and then understand what is truly in or out of your control and things start to shift and and you don't see it like that all the time but i mean yeah. like if you're if your win loss percentages start to shift in the opposite direction you know it's working and so you can trust it you know what i mean yeah well so i, I want to ask you too like you know, because right now you're obviously not playing because uh, hockey shut down over there. Was like, how are you feeling about that? And like, do you think this is giving you a great opportunity to maybe experience some different things? And um, are you looking forward to getting back? Like, are you in a better headspace now? Like, obviously, you just said you were. Do you mm -hmm. think that you just got MVP uh, last <laughs> season? So, I mean, yeah. how do I mean, congratulations on that, too. And listen, man, I know, yeah, man. You're not, I know you're not the the uh, the goal scoring type or whatever, but uh, you're the you're the type of player that that teams need if they're going to win like hundred percent like they're it's the thankless job but you also get thanked a lot because people know how much how important you are and finally you know you, it's nice to see somebody earn an MVP that's not the leading scorer or like you know what I mean like it, it's really nice and so that that speaks volumes about your game just to let you know like that doesn't happen very often so congratulations on that um, but like how much are you looking forward to getting back and, and playing like is that something that you're itching to get back at or are you kind of just focusing on Kevin Rain right now it's hard to say man I've done a lot of focus on myself and you know I, I contemplate going back to play and I think I'd love to um but you know we talked about like uh being on the run like running away from yourself and like that was my seasonal thing right couldn't wait to get the hell home so I could get the hell out away and I couldn't wait to get the hell back to Belfast so I could get the hell away you know <laughs> no doubt and and uh you know, I've kind of had to face myself and I have amazing, amazing support around me. I have amazing friends around me. I have my parents who I, you know, have got to see more of in the last, you know, since March than I would have over the last, you know, 10 years. Probably not. But, you know, because I'd come home for a couple of weeks at a time and then I'd bomb it back down to southern Ontario. Right. And so, like, you know, I come back and I'm like, all right, you know, this is a good chance to, like, make up for lost time or whatever you want to call it. And, like, uh, you know, catch up and you know, reroute, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I think what I'd like to think is that, uh, the work I'm doing, uh, to be better is something I can apply elsewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, like, I want to be able to, to travel with my skills, but at the same time, if, if I'm able to kind of root it here, well then, you know, like, I don't know if, if leaving is, is what would be best or if there's any benefit. I don't know if going back to Belfast is me, chasing old things or if it's something i truly want to do i love the game but i've never been suited to the lifestyle yeah. you know what i mean like at least from what i've experienced as of late i like having a full day i like being at home or, or you know having a routine yeah you know I, I i like uh that i'm where i have unbelievable connections you know rather than you know landing in belfast and like okay brand new team same thing you know and then now here's me 
you know, I'm done my day at noon every day. And now I got all day to figure out what to do. And it's awful. It's fucking awful. I think guys struggle with it, man. Like it's one thing to, to see it as like, yeah, I got the day to my, myself, but then it's like, okay, what are you going to do with that? Are you just going to sit and let your head get to you? And then you're going to, you know, nurse that with some beers with the boys later. And then you're going to practice hungover and then you're going to nap the next, you know, the cycle. Right. Yeah. Which is a lot of fun. You know, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And I, I got a lot of great memories, but you know, with how busy I'm trying to be and how regulated I'm trying to be and how much free time and chaos is open in those afternoons. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm really kind of uh, grappling with that thought because I'd love to play. I'd love to go back and like leave on my own terms, right? Go home, get canceled, do all these cool things and then get to like go back as if I never left. Like, Hey, cool story. Yeah. But it's kind of like, what's best for me right now? Uh, you know, we'll see. Right. We'll see the, the, the conversations open the dialogue between say, I was speaking to Kiefer today, messaging him. Um, he's kind of like, how are you? I'm like, man, really good. Really good. How are you? <laughs> oh, we're locked. We're locked down. We're locked down over here. It sucks. Yeah. Well, thankfully because I'm where I am, I, you know, we have, you know, maybe 10 COVID cases in, in our area or whatever it is. I don't keep track of that. Cause again, boundaries like, yeah, I'll have somebody texting me about it if I don't just see it. You know, hey, you see the cases? No, like who cares? <laughs> like yeah. I have to, I have to do what I got to do. But we'll see, man. Getting back to playing is a is, a, is an exciting thought, but it's also uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's well, the answer. Well, hey, man, I think you know, I I I didn't want to put pressure on you, and I know you've been going back and forth, but I I have to tell you, my you know, and it's just coming from me, like. Listen to your heart, man. Like straight up, like you know, you know that. Like you know, um, I think that fire, that passion to, to play is probably always going to be there. Um, you're, you know, and if you're not playing, you're going to miss it. But if you keep the attitude that you have, um, with the positive, you know, outlook, and, and you keep that positive self dialogue going, like, and and you stay optimistic, well, then you're not, and you're busy. You're not going to have any time to reflect and be like, Oh, I should have been doing that. I should have been doing that. Like you have the memories, um, you have the connections throughout the hockey, the hockey world, obviously. And, um, even if it's not playing at, at some, in some sort of fashion, you, you'll always be involved in the game of hockey if you want to be right. And, mm-hmm. um, I just, I know from, from a lot of my own experience and talking through other guys, I mean, there's no, I don't think there's any right time, uh, to hang up the skates. I think you're going to, you're going to, you know, fumble with that forever and, and wonder about it forever. So, um, you know, I'm really happy to hear that you're on, you know, you're in a really good mindset. And, and I think, you know, you need to be commended for the work that you're doing and, and have done because that's, it's not easy. It's not easy, man. And, and having to sift through all the, uh, you know, de- what, regardless of what any one individual is going through, it could be trauma, it could be depression, anxiety, it could be family issues, it could be girlfriend issues, whatever. It could be a com- combination of all of those things. Um, having to relive some of those and, and try to work through them, and, and again, like you said, owning your part in a lot of it, um, it's not easy, but it's certainly worth it, is it not? Absolutely, man. I mean, like you said something there and I, it's, it slipped my mind. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of lost in this <laughs> exact second. Oh, that, yeah. I, a couple too many blows, but 
Yeah, man. Like the 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 work that we need to put in in order to maintain our health physically and mentally is is like without a doubt something we all have to do. And and so you know everything I'm working to do uh, has been to get me from a low place up to you know higher ground. Well, you know, like you don't want to be the person who you know is going about and you know maybe you have been very lucky very privileged you haven't like endured much uh there's you've, you've kind of uh you know had it not easy i don't want to say had it easy but but you're in a good place you're well and then all of a sudden something tragic happens and it totally like rocks you you know you if you if you're maintaining these things you're you're thinking these things you're having these conversations at least you know that like in that time where like oh man like you know i thought of myself as somebody who was very healthy very sturdy very this that and the other and then now i lost a family member or i had a breakup or i had this or that and the other and you hadn't been working towards just making sure that you're healthy shit man like that might put you in a in a shitty shitty spot you know what i mean that might rock you and if you haven't at least made yourself aware to this kind of dialogue or these kind of things. And, you know, I'm, I'm worried for people that find themselves in that situation. And I, I had a similar discussion about, you know, I guess with the COVID, right. Cause COVID has rocked yeah. all of us. Right. And so this has been a huge time where, you know, if you weren't talking about it before, well, you might be talking about it now because you might've lost your job. You might've lost your business. You might be scared for what's to come. Right. And, but if you're not working to control what you can and, and all these things that we're talking about, then then you're kind of unarmed for these these situations. And that's that's a fear of mine. And a big reason I'm doing these videos is because I worry that people are are feeling like I do or worse. And I'm worried that they're unarmed to to go against it. Right. And I mean, I want to encourage that that they that they kind of step up and, and face that. Yeah. And man, and that's like i said man that's what it takes um because you never know who might see or hear something that you're doing um where a person's really going to identify with with you or really take in something you're saying and it can set them on a course um of recovery whatever that looks like through uh mental illness or even addiction um addiction has been a hot topic for me obviously with my story a lot of people reaching out to me going through different addictions and um there's no easy answer um, but I think it all ties back into your mental well-being and the things that you've you've talked about, man, and, and the things that we need to do on a daily basis, whether it starts with you, you talked about brushing your teeth. And I know I didn't have many up until recently, but like, honestly, man, I, I'm not going to lie. Like when so when I was going through my addiction, like, man, you forget you don't care about your teeth. You don't care about anything when you're in addiction. Um, so my teeth were pretty bad and I got them. I got them, you know, went down to the dentist, got them polished and everything else. And I just remember they're like, yeah, so keep brushing your, your teeth twice a day. So now I'm doing that as part of my routine. And, and it's funny because you're laughing. You're making a joke about something that small. That's something that I tick off the box every night, every morning, every night. And I'm like, yes, you know, like you're, you doing, you're doing it. And it and, and people maybe just do that without thinking. But like I'm thinking about all the little victories in a day um, and the things that I need to do to keep my mind in check. And, and I think that's at least where it started for me, but you've, you've hit home a lot of great points today, man. Like I, you, I'm going to have to go back and, and watch this uh, and really listen to the things <laughs> that you said, because um, you know, obviously you've done a lot of work over the past 18 months and even prior, you've, you've been working at this for, for a while, Kevin, um, you know, 
you've obviously had some some lower points and some some higher points but would you say the last 18 months has been a pretty steady uphill um is it still do you still kind of like this no man it's it's up down and around you can't deny that you know thoughts creep in and and you you know you work really hard to to feel a certain type of way but if it's something that that you have a tendency to to lean towards or fall back into well then yeah you know it's it's a lot harder to stay afloat than it is to sink you know what i mean and so um you know it's that it's that constant work it's that constant reminder it's those manifestations it's those affirmations it's it's kind of being able to be like hey i'm being pretty hard on myself today like let's cut that you know what i mean or or um you know just just being self-aware right okay like i'm feeling like this today but why okay well what happened leading up to that right and you're just you're just watching yourself like you're literally able to uh, at least in times recently where i'm like yeah no wonder because I didn't do this, this, and this that usually keep me afloat, right? And then, you know, a day like today is just one of those days where, you know, I was all anxious and stuff. But like I said, in, a, in almost a, you know, a we, we thing rather than, you know, me and myself against the issue rather than me against myself and the issue. Holy shit, like shorthanded. <laughs> um, but... but uh, but yeah, I, I, it's a, it's a ongoing up and down. It's a it's a seesaw. It's you know, I, but I'd like to think I have way more good days than bad days. Yeah, and I'm way more prepared to to uh, share both the good and the bad. That's been a huge thing for me. Like I just know and understand that even if I'm having a good day or things are going well, if I don't share that, I still you know I gotta I gotta share it. Or if I'm feeling shitty, then I gotta share it. Yeah. You know, and then I have the sports around me, friends, family who are ready to hear that and, you know, challenge me or, or, you know, and, and there's another thing too, to be said about, you know, when we're, we're talking to people about these issues, um, you know, they have to be ready for it, you know? And so me going to my friends, my family, I'm ready for it. I'd like most days, right. Or during most instances. And if I'm not, then I get to apologize later. Hey, I was being a dick. Yeah. Right. But for the most part, I get to sit down with my mom, be like, I'm feeling like this. And she gets to call it coach me or suggest. But because I've made myself open to those suggestions and ask for that, then now, again, me and myself against the problem. But now I've recruited mom or now I've recruited a friend. And so now we have a team against this issue. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, a really good friend of mine who I speak to, uh, about these kind of things frequently um, said an amazing thing to me very recently. And uh, she talked about how her and her friends, when they're dealing with stuff, like even before they get started, they know they're about to open up some stuff. They're going to do some unpacking, but they literally say, all right, like, do you want me to listen or do you want my advice? And then the friend, depending on how, where they're at, right. That you might be starving for some, just tell me what you think. Or you might be like, just listen, I just got to like lay this on you. Yeah. And then, and then if, if that's the answer, it's like, all right, sweet. Like lay it <laughs> on me. Right? Yeah. And, and that, and sometimes that's as beneficial as the opposite or, or, you know what I mean? It's what that person needs. And if that person can express what they need or, or what they want from you in that instance, and you've made it known that you're there 
to provide that for them and they trust you, well, hey, what do you need? Yeah. I got I got it for you. Easy I, love, as that. I love that. Easy as that. I love that. That's 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 a really uh it sounds it's pretty simple, right? But it's something that a lot of people don't think about. We just get right in sometimes I know I do. I get right in the conversation without without even thinking about where the other person may be at or what I'm even expecting out of that conversation. And I think, you know, we talked about boundaries and I think they're so important, man, like in everything, right. Right. In, in all relationships, uh, even boundaries with ourselves, um, everything. Uh, I read a really good book actually while I was in jail, um, about boundaries and, you know, it, it, it is just, it's so much more important than what people realize. And, um, you know, but holding those boundaries can sometimes be extremely difficult. Man, it's tough. And, and, you know, we, you and I had a discussion or sent a quick message to outline boundaries for this call. And I appreciate yeah. you for that. I appreciate everything you're doing here, man. You're, you're busting your ass for, you know, your cause and your passion and you're, you're showing up and you're doing back to back live, <laughs> you know, broadcasts and you're hounding people to get on the show all because you want to help. And it's like yeah. your passion. I, I sensed as soon as I saw, you know, and especially as soon as we spoke, um, but, you know, uh, I've been at fault for overstepping boundaries and not, uh, you know, maybe not being the proper support. And, you know, in that instance of what do you need from me, the person needed a listening ear, except here I am trying to coach. Right. And and uh, and that's that's been something that I've tried to get under wraps because, you know, I I, I feel like. Uh, I guess what we really have to do is understand the scope of what people are seeing through their lens, right? I see things one way, you might see things totally differently. But so if you're coming to me with a, with an issue and I just like invalidate you and I start being like, man, like it's not like that. It's like this. You're just sitting there like, fine, I guess I'll just never talk to you about this shit again. Right. And so I've had those, I've had very, very important people in my life be pushed away by my pushiness um and uh actually i've had a, a really important reconnection within recent days which is uh something i told you that we won't be discussing but i'm excited okay. to tell you about it later that's cool that's really cool man thanks for telling me that i i mean we don't need to even go there but that's really cool um that excites me to hear that um you know and that just goes to show that sometimes i know that in my life i could speak for me as like i you know had different people come in my life and um, where we get disconnected and, you know, I want to blame them. Um, it's their fault. Um, and being able to, you know, own, it goes back to being able to, you know, own our part in everything um, and, and be open to dialogue and open to criticism sometimes. Um, and that can make the world a difference, man. Like it really can. And, I love, I just, it always goes back to having that dialogue, man, and having that, that, that support of people to talk to. Um, and I, I really encourage people out there uh, who are struggling. Like if you feel alone, I know how that feels. Um, Kevin knows how that feels too. Um, but if we're, you know, as individuals can make the certain changes that we need to adjust to let the, you know, the right people in, 
well, guess what? You'll never really feel alone another day in your life. I mean, sir, there's still going to be times. I shouldn't say never, but, um, you know, the majority of the time, you know what you need to do to feel that connection or to reach out and share. And I think it's really important. Um, Kev, listen, we've been going almost an hour and a half. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before, before we go? Is there anything you need to address? I don't think so, man. Like we've made some great points and, and uh, again, I applaud you for everything that uh, that you're bringing to the table with this. And, you know, at the very beginning of the call, you you're like, you know, what do we need to do? And we're doing exactly what we need yeah. to do. We've, we've taken on a, a bit of a responsibility in trying to reach the people we can. And by you and I getting together in this, you're able to reach people that I don't have reach to. And I have people that you don't have reach to. And the more and more discussions we create like this, the more and more people we we have in this space, then the more and more people will be encouraged to join that same space. Uh, and whether it's ours or another one similar to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, it, that's what it's all about. Where can, uh, where, where are you moving forward with these videos? How often are you doing them? Uh, people want to watch them. Where can they, <coughs> they find them? Well, uh, back to the boundaries, man. I've, I've, you know, I, I'm going to continue and I have, but I've taken a lot of pressure off myself to yeah. ensure that they're being produced, right? Because it's, you know, and I, I love what we're doing here. Uh, it scares me that I don't get to edit it and have complete control on everything. And the editing process is way longer than obviously just however this uploads. Like, I guess I should try to get in the habit of doing these so I can save myself a lot of headache. Man, but honestly, I, I used to worry about that kind of stuff too. And what I realized is that, you know what, if you leave it, I've had some huge meltdowns <laughs> during live. You don't even know where that's why I asked you, like, can you hear this? Can you hear this? Remember before yeah. that, can you hear this? And, and, and trying to do videos and trying to do too much and it just doesn't work. And I've had to restart and I'm like, sorry, everyone got to restart and look, look yeah. like a total idiot. But yeah. I mean, at the same time, then when we do this live, you know, like, things are out of our control and and people are going to see it and hear it um i try to do my best to be really respectful and and let you know my guests like yourself lead the conversation or or answer the questions they want to and not want to but the the discussion is real and you know what i mean and i think it that's the most the most important thing is people want to know that it's real and that's something that they weren't always live like the things i was doing right. weren't, weren't always live um before i let you go though um if you're not busy we do i totally forgot to get the comments because i was so into the conversation get them going get them going um questions comments uh let's start at the top um Oh, I, I will get to I will get to that later that's uh something coming in about a tournament i'm going to talk about later uh <laughs> David Carlson says, hello, everyone. Uh, Christina says, I'm tuned in. This is from way earlier. Um, we have a Lucas Hicks saying, loved watching you play Junior B and Knights. I am glad to hear you are still doing well, which is cool. Uh, Carson is all ears, which is cool. Carson. You know Carson? Uh, I know a few of these people that are in the chat oh, awesome uh sandra murray executive director mental health and addiction here puck sports is london is no joke you're absolutely right a pro hockey player factory for sure budweiser garden arena is intimidating to every london night rookie year uh sandra sandra knows the ohl so she would know sudbury yeah. that consistently beats my beloved mississauga steelhead heads year after year 
Uh, Sandra says, Susan Cook is a hockey angel. I will echo that. Susan brought me another uh, cup of tea. She just came down when you were talking. She gave me a big thumbs up. I- I'm kind of missing what that was about. I'm too like into the conversation, but we'll figure that out later. Uh, David Carlson says, Kevin, first saw a mental health therapist at 19. At what age did you know you had an issue with depression and anxiety? Did your friends and family recognize the signs? Um, there's no doubt that, that it would have started back then. I don't know if that's what we called it. I just, I, I'm not, I, I don't recall my therapist telling me, yes, you're this and yes, you're this. It, it was just more of a, uh, what do you have to say? And I talked about it, but um, a lot of denial. I, I don't know that I can put a time on it. You know, I was in a, in a lot of denial and it was finally very recently as we spoke of that I, that I, uh, and it's definitely one of those things where friends and family that know you, as soon as you tell them, it's, it's not like a giant surprise. Right. And so when each of them would have maybe thought that I should have seek that help, I guess that's a conversation I should have, but, uh, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, they, they knew all along, I guess, but I had to be ready maybe. Right. Yeah. You know, Hey mom, I just, uh, seeked help. I'm going to sit down with the therapist. Oh, thank God. <laughs> right. No secret. Right. Um, yeah. I think that's an important p- point to make too. Cause you know, everyone thinks they're, they're hiding away, but everyone's like waiting for you to kind of find yeah. your way out of whatever I, slump I, you're in. We're me. My, are you busy right now? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cause there's a lot more comments and stuff than what I realized is actually kind of Um, Ryan says, man, those teeth look good, brother. Just had to say, thanks Ryan. Appreciate it. Sandra says, agree. Um, oh, that was one we did earlier. Um, Cody Shepard. Hey, Kevin, what's your favorite barn to play in on the road ever in the elite league over there in your, uh, England, I guess, or Europe, I should say big fan of the clan, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. What's it like playing in the Brayhead rink? Uh, Brayhead rinks. Good favorite place to play on the road is, is a toss up. There's some really nice rinks, but there's some tough rinks, but I'm not about to sit here and, and start uh, bashing road rinks. That's something that you and I can talk about. After, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Sheffield's cool. Brayhead's good. There you go. Perfect. Um, I will go to that every in a second here and let me go down. Sorry if we don't get to them all. I'm trying, I, they all don't all come in, but, uh, yeah, I'll just echo that. A good coach should be able to read his players. That's absolutely important. I just wanted to make, we talked about that. It's uh, great. Um, uh, let's see. On, on that point too, you know, we talked a lot about uh, coaches. Like, I think a lot of coaches do have a read. It's just that they might need to like arm themselves with the resources to know how to approach a player on such a thing. Yeah. They might want to, they just don't know how. Yeah. And, and that's a good point. That's a really good point. And I think, uh, you know, there's, there's gotta be, maybe there's gotta be more for, you know, uh, in a way of, you know, helping coaches understand, or I, I don't know what that looks like, but some sort of coaching to actually be a coach to, you know, me- not a mental health professional, but to, to bridge those gaps and conversations. I, I'm not sure what's in place, but I can't speak on it, but maybe it's an idea. Um, probably already is something in place and maybe we just don't know about it. Um, Ryan Phillips back for some more says uh, this guy got guts. All awesome vulnerability, uh, which is really cool. 
Right. I, I agree, Ryan. Ryan's a good friend of mine. He has a podcast coming up with the, uh, Jim Thompson and Elvis Stoiko. They're doing something together, the three of them, which is really cool. Um, uh, hello from Seanovan, Saskatchewan. Love listening slash watching your podcast. Hello, Seanovan, Saskatchewan. And uh, special shout out to the Hunter brothers, Luke Hunter, uh, good friend of mine and, you know, obviously a country music star. And I listen to him all. I listen to them all day, every day now. Mm-hmm. Um because it's so normal, one of the best ones yet, Brady, Ryan, thanks. I agree. This has been a great conversation. Um, absolutely. This is a great interview. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you for the comments. Awesome conversation. Uh, I think this needs to start at the youth level and grow up to higher levels, the same as we change the game of hockey from a heavy fighting game to a skill development game. It started by making changes at mites, and 10 years later, the game has grown. What's your thoughts on that? Well, it starts starts from a young age, and it starts at home, and it starts everywhere. And it's not necessarily something that we have to uh, kind of press on the the kids. But it, you know, talking about uh, getting support for the coaches so that they can support, you know, getting support for the parents so that the parents can support, and vice versa, right? Like, you know, it's just a everyone's on the same team. Or you know, these kids are how old? We're all trying to raise them. We all have a part in trying to raise these kids, and so let's all be on the same page, and let's all be very encouraging. Um, Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something because we didn't talk about this. What, and and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but did you try different medications at all? I've never, never been on medications, no. Okay. So, Um, and then uh, something else we spoke of in our talk that we didn't talk about was, you know, while you um, went down the road, you went down, you know, I did what I did, except it just looked very different. Right. We, we found ways to cope that were unhealthy. It's just that some ways of coping are, you know, and so me, I, you know, I'm in a gym, but I'm in there to kick my own ass. I'm not in there to, to benefit. I'm there to bully myself and like, you know, hurt myself really, you know? And so, um, you know, I, I've never been on medication and, and people cope with things differently. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I just, I was just uh, wondering personally because I, I'm, you know, I've actually uh, recently, you know, I was microdosing mushrooms and that was the only thing that I was doing and I've stopped. I haven't done that now for a week and, and I'll probably revisit that again. I'm just giving myself a break. I also, you know, people know that I use cannabis. Like I just celebrated a year clean off all the hard stuff, but I was using cannabis, but I'm now almost a month off of that as well. I'm just really trying to give myself a chance. You know what I mean? Like without anything and just be like, Hey, what, what's really going on for me if I'm just me. And I, I, and you know, it, it comes back to this, um comment where we're talking about cognitive behavioral therapy i remember that joe wheatley talked about cognitive behavioral therapy and finding the most effective medication for her is cbt more of the go-to protocol these days which is you know non-medication and going back to you know your mental wellness and and your spiritual and and the wellness wheel and all that stuff i think it's uh i think it's a great place to start well it's you know it's what are your habits what are you doing what are you you know if you like when you go home, what does that look like? Is there, you know, like, what does your room look like? You know, I got a book here. His name is Jordan Peterson. He's an unbelievable uh, man. He's so influent, so influential on me. I've been reading his book every time I crack it. It's like, he just isn't like a sponsor of any kind or anything like that. It's just like, man, like anytime I get to click on any YouTube of this guy, anytime I like crack open this book, I'm like, Oh man, like this guy's, he's, he's got such a, a way of, kind of get in one of his things is like clean your room yeah your life's in shambles but like 
man, clean your room and then, and then pick something else and then do another thing and then another thing. And then yeah. next thing you know, you realize, and you go back to the, the themes of like patting yourself on the back, like you clean your room. Oh man, that was, you know, yay me. Yeah. And then now you, and then next thing you know, you, you apply a little more, a little more, a little more, and now you're doing really big things. Your life has changed and you know, it's kind of like, what can you do to make things better right now? I think they're so, banging, I think they're banging on the thing because they're telling me to clean my room. But my room's their their version <laughs> of clean is like crazy. But my mom has a version a saying that says, "Clean up your room, clean up your life." And uh, she said that to me since I was a young boy. And you know, it's uh, you know, it, it's something small, right? It's you know, it, it if you can first step. There, yeah, it's the first step. Just like brushing your teeth. It's like, hey, you know, like I try to make my bed every morning. Um, you know. I don't always fold the second blanket, but I'll, I'll at least pull the blanket over because, and I'll tell you why I do that is because we had to do it when I was in jail. It just became part of my routine. I was in there for so long. I know people don't like hearing about my story when I was in there, but that was a nightmare. Three years of my life buying bars, Kev. It was not fun. Um, uh, but I, hey, listen, I deserved it and I, I needed it, uh, to be honest. Uh, that is awesome, Kevin. Congrats, MVP. That's from earlier. And I, you know, yeah, I, I it, it goes to show. And I just want to echo it again. Usually the MVP is like the leading scorer or this, and you're a shutdown defenseman. So you must have done a hell of a job. So um, you must have felt good about that. Um, Kevin, it's awesome that you were working with kids. And I agree, man. Like, and it's, it's a, it's a hard job, but I feel like it's something that you're, you're really uh, excelling at and something that you're learning maybe more about yourself than what you originally anticipated going into, but I could be speculating. Um, So hello, Suzanne. Uh, I, uh, I did like a school visit, like a random school visit in California during my time in Ontario. And it was not like organized within the team. It wasn't anything. She just approached me and was like, would you do that? I was like, sure. Like I'll go. And so I'll have to find some pictures of that, but, uh, oh, that's thank, cool. you for, thank you for the comment. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and that's Ontario, California, not Ontario, Canada. Everybody yeah. you played for the Ontario yeah. rain down there in California. I was really confused. What's that? Yeah. Unless I've confused, uh, I hope that that's who I think that is, but well, nonetheless, I appreciate the a comment. Great story either way, and I hope it is too, but we'll find out. There's so many comments I got to skip over because we're coming close to two hours, but um, which you're going to have to come back on again, clearly, if you don't mind, whenever, hey, man, we'll do it. whenever you want. Let me see. Uh, excellent conversation. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you for this, Brady and Kevin. Kevin, what is your favorite memory of the Sudbury Community Arena? It's hard to say. I think it's uh, the the wolf. They still got a wolf that comes. Yeah. Around. I don't know if you know about this wolf. Of course. So, like, wolf. you know, I, uh, we uh, we would like strap gear on it, and Buddy yeah. would be, like, you know, where's where's my bag? Like, where's my gear? And then the next thing you know, it's at center ice, and this wolf is dressed up as a Sudbury Wolf. Anyway, that's funny stuff. My my buddy Matt actually like made me watch on YouTube. He's like, "You're not even gonna believe this," and I'm like, well, "No way!" Like, yeah. right into their the opposing team's bench or something, like right in front of them, and it's like, ah, like right button, right yeah. there. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, a couple more, and then and then I'll let you go, Kev. Um, great talk, uh, guys. Proud of you, Kevin. That's mom. Hello, Mama Rain. Thank you, Mom. 
Yeah, that's too cool. I had to get to that one. So um, obviously uh, a huge supporter of yours and a, and a great friend. And I'm so glad that you, you know what I mean? You guys have had, been able to have those conversations and and she's even been a part of your video series. And I would suggest anybody going back and, and to watch that and watch all of them. And please let me know when you are doing them so that I can let people know, um, you know, when they're available and that, because I'd love to, you know, let people know, because I, I, I know that people are love hearing from you. And I believe that they need to hear this, uh, especially from you. A um, couple more. I know I keep saying that great interview is definitely a conversation that should be had with young athletes before they're before they begin uh, knowing what's ahead will be half the battle. And I think that's important why we're having these conversations here. Um, it's Hi, Katrina. Yeah. I, hi, Katrina. Do you know, you know, yeah, she's a music teacher here. Oh, really cool. Really cool. Hello to everybody in Dryden. <laughs> See, we're reaching everywhere. It's really cool that they're watching. Uh, this will be the last one. Yeah. Last one. Thank you, Kevin and Brady for the awesome conversation tonight. I watched alongside with my son. I helped feel this way with him or yeah, I feel this mm -hmm. way with him in the future to seek help and not be ashamed to ask sending good vibes. And, uh, Yes, I agree. Do you know that I have that tattooed on my back? No, I don't know that. How would yeah. I know that? <laughs> it, it, I, it's not a good tattoo either. It doesn't look very good. So I'm not sure if you know Katrina, but she's saying hi, guys. Again. Hi, Katrina. There you go. I, so I was... Uh, so anyways, Kev, listen, I, I appreciate you doing this, man. Like I... I know, you're, I know you have boundaries and, and different things going on and, and routines and, and, and they're very important, man. And I'm not, I'm not even, that wasn't a chirp or anything. I'm being, yeah, I'm being dead serious, man. And you stick to those and you keep on your path and you do what's right for you. Whether it's go back and play hockey, whether it's stay there and drive, whether it's move to Timbuktu, I don't know what it is, but you follow your heart and you keep doing what you're doing and spreading this message. Because you're helping people, man. You're helping people more than you know. You're helping me tonight so much. And I love what you're doing. And I'm, I'm just honored to call you a friend, man. Hey, man. You too. I, I'm excited to uh, – I'm going to be calling you right after this to tell you how awesome it went. I, this has been amazing. Excited to, to keep the dialogue going. Excited to get back on here again. And, and uh, man, I'm proud of you. Keep it, keep it going, man. Proud I appreciate it. It's been, it's been tough. Okay, Kevin Rain, thanks, my man. Cheers. Okay, guys, awesome conversation. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about right there. I love that, you know, I get guys on here that played in the NHL for years and Stanley Cups and Hockey Hall of Fame careers, and I love it. I think it's fun. I think there's been some great stories. But when I started the podcast, you know, like it was me by myself in Taylor's mom's car with a borrowed computer, a crappy pair of set of headphones, and, and my vision was, you know what, I'm gonna let loose, because um, I think maybe I can help one person. And that was the idea for the podcast, and it's kinda gone, you know, there's been great conversations, and they've all been good, and I'm grateful for all my guests, and I'm grateful for every single episode, I really am. But it's these conversations that I had with Kevin Rain and like Curtis Gabriel last night, that, have the capacity to really make a change, to encourage people, um, to let people know that they're not alone, that if they're going through anything, to not be ashamed of it. Because we all, we all go through different things in life and a test of characters, how do you deal with it? Do you pick yourself back up and admit your faults? Kevin talked about that a lot. Uh, being able to own his own crap and 
you know, if he has to apologize, you got to apologize or whatever. Um, even if it's not in, at the right time, at least do it later. You know what I mean? Because being able to reflect and say, hey, I was wrong or, you know, it, it doesn't just mean a lot to your own life, but it's going to make a huge difference in your relationships. And I think it's really important. There's a couple things that I want to get to. Uh, I know we've been going really long and I, I honestly, I would have kept them on here for another two hours. I would have just kept talking, but I just, we're going to have to do it again and do it again soon. Maybe next week or whenever he feels, <coughs> excuse me, up to it. Um, I was trying to keep them down to like a hundred and you know, a hundred, an hour and 20 minutes. Um, but lately they've been going over and that's, just because the conversation is so good, I hate to even cut them off and cut off the comments. There was about 30, 40 comments that I didn't even get to. No joke. And I apologize for that. And there's probably great questions in there that I didn't see. And I apologize for that. I really do. Um, please don't, please don't be offended that we didn't get to them. I hope to be able to get to them soon. I want to give a very special, very special congratulations to Chase Driscoll. I just take my teeth out. They're bugging me. Chase Driscoll. Down there in Mission, Arizona. They're the champs. They won today. Congratulations to Chase and the entire team. Chase is up there in the back row. You can't see him. I can see his head, but you can't really see him in that picture. But they won. It was a long tournament. Uh, they grinded it out and they won. Congratulations, Chase. I love you, buddy. Um, keep up the great work. A little update uh, about Chase. Uh, brought him on the podcast. He's starting his own podcast called Split and Twigs with a couple of his younger buddies there. He's only 15, right? Um, we're going to try to get the, the conversation going um, in the direction of, of the next generation, the youth. And, you know, they're going to interview some junior hockey players and, and open up some discussions. It's exciting. But Chase broke his leg. He was having a really hard time um, coming back and playing contact. Well, that seems like a thing of the past because I know I played a video the last time of a hit he made, but I was sent a few more clips and he was blowing guys up. And it was really nice to see that he's found that confidence again. Chase, keep it up. Congratulations to all your teammates. Uh, I'm proud of you and uh, it looks good on you, man. And I know that Chase and the family were repping puck support down there in Arizona, which was really cool. Um, really, really cool. If anybody wants to shop, you know, get some puck support swag, a hat, a hoodie, this is new. I mean, this isn't on the website yet. It will be shortly in the crew neck. Um, but if you want to shop pucksupport.com slash shop, or you can just go to pucksupport.com. There it is right there. Um, I'm going to open up a new promo code just to those who listen tonight along the bottom. We'll give you 10% off just for a couple of days. Um, use the promo code mental health um, in for listening to this uh, episode that was primarily to do uh, with mental health and, and making change and, and standing up for ourselves and listening to ourselves. And I thank you, Kevin Rain, for for coming on and, and sharing his experience and uh, what's working for him. I think it's really important, especially when we're talking in, in hockey, um, when we can see other hockey players 
share their stories when we identify as hockey players whether i think that's right or wrong to identify as a hockey player i don't believe that we can control that in our kids i know i identified as a hockey player for a long long time and we talked about you know hockey players coming to talk and how much of an impact that had so thank you to uh to everybody that watched i i believe that it was a, a very powerful conversation it's going to touch a lot of people i i know it already did through the comments uh i could sit here and talk forever i i literally could have kept kevin on for another 2 hours once again our thoughts are uh with the o'connor family uh look for uh ways to support them here in the new in the near future long journey ahead of cory uh, and the family but we're with them all the way uh please don't feel uh like you're ever bothering anybody here at puck support o'connor's we're here for you and i truly mean that i wouldn't be saying that if i didn't mean it if i didn't have the time or if i didn't have the energy or i didn't want to help you guys i wouldn't i i'm i want to do this and we want to do this um to support you in any way that we can um and that goes for the children as well keep up the good fight keep us updated thank you to will mcintyre for for bringing this to my attention to our attention life is uh life is it's hard and it's challenging but together we can you know we can stay together support one another through any and all issues and i look forward to continuing this journey wednesday night Wednesday night I have the sheriff Sean McMorrow uh joining the show. He uh, has the record for most penalty minutes in a season. Tomorrow though I'm on two podcasts. I'm on the House of Hockey podcast which is pre-recorded, but I'm happy to announce I am the first guest ever on the Rosen Report live with Paul Rosen uh courtesy of Sports Illustrated and the Hockey News. So Paul's become a great friend of mine. Him and I plan to work together in the future. But I'm happy to help him out tomorrow. I think I was like his second choice, but you know what? I'll do it, Paul. I'm your second choice, but you know what? I'm happy to do it. I love you no less. Maybe it was Wayne Gretzky or something that he wanted on and and he had to settle for me. Then I don't feel so bad. Anyways, guys, I want to quickly say hello to all my family back home. Uh everybody in Canada, happy family day, Taylor and the kids. Um happy family day. Uh, our day didn't go as planned, but there's a lot of great days ahead of us. Um I I pray every single day um that my kids Brooklyn and Brody will come back into my life uh, at any capacity, at any capacity. Um We didn't give away a Doug Gilmore mask. So I'm going to do this really quick cuz I want to wrap this up. I'm going to scan through the comments and I'm going to land it on a thing. I'm going to pick one and I'm just going to post it. I'm literally scrolling up and down and I'm going to go like this. Sandra, you win a puck, you won the Doug Gilmore mask. If you want to keep it, you can keep it. I'll send it to you. If you want to give it away, we can give it away. No pressure. It's up to you, but we'll figure it out. Maybe there's somebody that uh actually Sandra has a really bad lungs pneumonia right now. Our thoughts are with her. She's been battling COVID. Maybe she needs the mask more than anybody. Sandra, we love you. We thank you for your support. If you're struggling, you can reach out to Sandra. Sandra at pucksupport.com. She's pretty much available 
always. It seems like she doesn't sleep um, when I need her, um, but I try not to bug her too much. And we just appreciate everything that she's done and continues to do for our organization. And, you know, if you're struggling, send her an email. She'll make time for you. And so will I if I'm not a professional, but I'm here for all of you. If you ever need to talk, I will do my best to make the time. Brady at PuckSupport.com. Check out PuckSupport.com if you haven't seen it. Still lots to go on there, but we're proud of what we're accomplishing. Meeting with the NHL coming up. Wish me luck. Thursday morning prayer group. If anybody wants to join, it's not so much faith-based as it is. Let's just get together um, and have some good conversation and, and put some good energy out to the universe run by Nathan Weeb, chaplain of the Swift Current Broncos, chaplain of puck support that's it guys thank you to kevin rain thank you all for watching if you listened after the fact thank you please subscribe wherever if you're watching on facebook go to my youtube channel subscribe to it i don't have many subscribers um if you listen to apple Podcasts, subscribe rate and review if you hated it tell me you hated it if you loved it leave me a five-star rating and if you think you really liked it share it with your friends because i do not have an advertising budget hello to all my family back home i love you i miss you have a great day guys if you so choose.